0: 12. S. He knew his subject thoroughly, having been well grounded in it by his father and de Volgaeger, so that the painting of the Dutch fleets and harbours was a part of his nature. He preferred the quiet haven to the open sea. Smooth water, calm skies, silvery light, and boats lying listlessly at anchor with drooping sails, made up his usual subject. The colour was almost always in a key of silver and grey, very charming in its harmony and serenity, but a little thin. Both he and his father went to England and entered the service of the English king, and thereafter did English fleets rather than Dutch ones, that was quite the reverse of Van de Velde in preferring the tempest to the calm of the sea, he also used more brilliant and varied colors, but he was not so happy in harmony as Van de Velde, there was often dryness in his handling, and something too much of the theatrical in his wrecks on rocky shores. The still-life painters of Holland were all of them rather petty in their emphasis of details such as figures on table covers, water drops on flowers, and fur on rabbits. It was labored work with little of the art spirit about it, except as the composition showed good masses. A number of these painters gained celebrity in their day by their microscopic labor over fruits, flowers, and the like, but they had no great rank at the present time. Jan van Heem 1,600 question mark 1,684, was perhaps the best painter of flowers among them. Van Weesum 1682-1749 succeeded with the same subject beyond his deserts. Hyundai Coender 1636-1695 was a unique painter of poultry, Weenix 1640-1719 and Van Ilst 1620-1679, of that Game, Cav 1630-1693, of Paws pans, dishes, and vegetables. 18th century, this was a period of decadence during which there was no originality worth speaking about among the Dutch painters. Realism in minute features was carried to the extreme, and imitation of the early men took the place of invention. Everything was printified and elaborated until there was a porcelain smoothness and a photographic exactness inconsistent with true art. Adrian van der 1659-1722. And Philip van Dyck 1683-1753 with their ideal inanities are typical of the century's art. There was nothing to commend it. The lowest point of affectation had been reached. 19th century, the Dutch painters, and like the Belgians, had almost always been true to their own traditions and their own country. Even in decadence, the most of them feebly followed their own painters rather than those of Italy and France. And in the early 19th century, they were not affected by the French classicism of David. Later on there came into vogue an art that had some affinity with that of Millet and Courbet in France. It was the Dutch version of modern sentiment about the laboring classes, founded on the modern life of Holland, yet in reality a continuation of the style or genre practiced by the early Dutchmen. Israels 1824 is a revival or a survival of Rembrandt's methods with a sentiment and feeling akin to the French Millet. He deals almost exclusively with peasant life, showing fisher folk and the like in their cottage interiors. At the table, or before the fire, with good effects of light, atmosphere, and much pathos. Technically he is rather labored and heavy in handling, but usually effective with somber color in giving the unity of a scene. Arts 1837-1890 considered himself in measure a follower of Israel's, though he never studied under him. His pictures in subject are like those of Israel's, but without the depth of the latter. Blommers 1845 is another peasant painter who follows Israel's at a distance and Neuois 1844 shows a similar style of work. Bosbum 1817-1891 excelled in representing interiors, showing, with much pictorial effect, the light, color, shadow, and feeling of space and air in large cathedrals. The Brothers Marys have made a distinct impression on modern Dutch art, and, strange enough, each in a different way from the others. James Marys 1837 studied at Paris, and is remarkable for fine vigorous views of canals, towns, and landscapes. He is broad in handling, rather bleak in coloring, and excels in fine luminous skies and voyaging clouds. Matthew Marys 1835, Parisian trained like his brother, lives in London, where little is seen of his work. He paints for himself and his friends, and is rather melancholy and mystical in his art. He is a recorder of visions and dreams rather than the substantial things of the earth. But always with richness of color and a fine decorative feeling. Willem Marys 1839, sometimes called the Silvery Marys, is a portrayer of Catalan landscape in warm sunlight and haze with a charm of color and tone often suggestive of coral. John Kind 1819-1891 stands by himself. Maydag 1831 is a fine painter of marines and seashores. And Mauve 1838-1888, a Catalan sheep painter, with nice sentiment and tonality whose renown is just now somewhat disproportionate to his artistic ability. In addition there are Kever, Poggenbake, Vestert, Bauer, Breitner, Whitson, Heverman, Weiss and Bruch. Extant works, generally speaking the best examples of the Dutch schools are still to be seen in the local museums of Holland, especially the Amsterdam and Hague Muse. Bosch, Madrid, Antwerp, Brussels Muse. Lucas van Leiden, Antwerp, Leiden, Munich Muse. Squirrel. Amsterdam. Rotterdam. Harlem Muse. Heemskerk. Harlem. Hague. Berlin. Castle. Dresden. Stenic, Amsterdam. Hague. Brussels. Cornelis van Harlem. Amsterdam. Harlem. Brunswick. Portrait and Figure Painters Mireveld. Hague. Amsterdam. Rotterdam. Brunswick. Dresden. Copenhagen. Hells. Best works to be seen at Harlem. Others at Amsterdam. Brussels. Hague. Berlin. Castle. Loomver, Matt, Gaulon, Met, Muse, New York, Art Institute Chicago, Rembrandt, Amsterdam, Hermitage, Loomver, Munich, Berlin, Dresden, Madrid, London, Moll, Amsterdam, Hague, Dresden, Loomver, Flink, Amsterdam, Hague, Berlin, Eekout, Amsterdam, Brunswick, Berlin, Munich, Mays, Math, Gaulon, Rotterdam, Amsterdam, Haid, Brussels, Porter, Amsterdam, Brussels, Dresden, Victors, Amsterdam, Copenhagen, Brunswick, Dresden, Fabrides, Rotterdam, Amsterdam, Berlin, van der Helst, best works at Amsterdam use, genre painters examples of do, Metsu, van Meeres, Netcher, Schalken, van Oestad, are to be seen in almost all the galleries of Europe, especially the Dutch, Belgian, German, and French galleries, Turburg. Amsterdam, Loomver, Dresden, Berlin Fine Portraits, Steen, Amsterdam, Loomver, Rotterdam, Hague, Berlin, Castle, Dresden, Vienna, De Hoogie, Matt, Louvre, Loomver, Amsterdam, Hermitage, Van der Meer of Delft, Loomver, Hague, Amsterdam, Berlin, Dresden, Matt, Muse, New York, Landscape Painters Van Goyen, Amsterdam, Fitzwilliam Muse, Cambridge, Loomver, Brussels, Castle, Dresden, Berlin, Salomon van Roosteele, Amsterdam, Brussels, Berlin, Dresden, Munich, Van Dier Northeaster, Matt, Gaumlaan, Loomver, Brussels, Amsterdam, Berlin, Dresden, Everdingen, Amsterdam, Berlin, Loomver, Brunswick, Dresden, Munich, Frankfurt, Jacob van Roosteele, Matt, Gaumlaan, Loomver, Amsterdam, Berlin, Dresden, Haagma, Best works in England, math Gaumlawn, Amsterdam, Rotterdam, Dresden, Loomvermans, many works. Best half Amsterdam, Castle, Loomver, Potter, Amsterdam, Haag, Loomver, Matt, Downlawn. Van de Velde, Amsterdam, Haag, Castle, Dresden, Frankfurt, Munich, Loomver, Kuip, Amsterdam, math Gaumlawn, Loomver, Munich, Dresden, examples of both. Berkham. Jordan, and Van der Hayden, in almost all of the Dutch and German galleries, besides the Loomver and down long, marine painters Willem van de Velde Elder and Younger, Batwiesen, Vejager, together with the flower and fruit painters like Weissum, Hande Koder, Wienix, have all been prolific workers, and almost every European gallery, especially those at London, Amsterdam, and in Germany, have examples of their works, Van Diemerworth and Philip Van Dyck are seen at their best at Dresden. The best works of the modern men are in private collections, many in the United States. Some examples of them in the Amsterdam and Hague museums. Also some examples of the old Dutch masters in New Yorkist Society Library, Yale School of Fine Arts, Met Muse, New York, Boston Muse, and Chicago Institute. Chapter X V I I I. German painting. Books recommended: Colvin, A. Dürer, his teachers, his rivals, and his scholars, i. Rebenenwerke Albrecht Dürers, Forster, Peter von Cornelius, Forster, Jeskic de Deutschen Kunst, Keen, Early Teutonic, Italian, and French painters, Kugler, Handbook to German and Netherlands schools, Trans, by Crow, Merlo, Die Meister der Maller Malerschule, Moore, Albert Dürer, Tächte, Deutsche Kunstler des Neuenes and in Jahrhunderts, Rebber, Jeskic de der in Deutschen Kunst, Rigel. Deutsche Kunststudien, Rosenberg. Die Berliner Maller schule Rosenberg. Sibilden Barthelbehem, Rumor. Hans Holbein der Jungerei, Sandrart. Deutsche Akademie der Bild Bilden Kunst, Schuchert. Lukas Kronachs-Lerben, Albert Dürer. His life and works, Weiagen Kunstwerke und Kunstler in Deutschland, Eosmuerf. Juan Mauri and the Smittle in Den Rheinlanden, Wesley, Adolf Menzel, Waldmann, Holbein and his time, Waldmann, Jeskic de Deutschen Kunst in Elsass, Wurzbach, Martin Scheinbauer, early German painting, the Teutonic lands, like almost all of the countries of Europe, received their first art impulse from Christianity through Italy. The center of the faith was at Rome, and from there the influence in art spread west and north and in each land it was modified by local peculiarities of type and temperament. In Germany, even in the early days, though Christianity was the theme of early illuminations, miniatures, and the like, and though there was a traditional form reaching back to Italy and Byzantium, yet under it was the Teutonic type the material, awkward, rather coarse Germanic point of view. The wish to realize native surroundings was apparent from the beginning. It is probable that the earliest painting in Germany took the form of illuminations, that what dated first appeared is unknown, in wall painting a poor quality of work was executed in the churches as early as the 9th century, and probably earlier, the oldest now extant are those at Oberzell, dating back to the last part of the 10th century, better examples are seen in the lower church of schwarz of the 12th century, and still better in the choir and transept of the Brunswick Cathedral, ascribed to the early 13th century. All of these works had an archaic appearance about them, but they are better in composition and drawing than the productions of Italy and Byzantium at that time. It is likely that all the German churches at this time were decorated, but most of the paintings have been destroyed. The usual method was to cover the walls and wooden ceilings with blue grounds, and upon these to place figures surrounded by architectural ornaments. Stained glass was also used extensively. Panel painting seems to have come into existence before the 13th century whether developed from miniature or wall painting is unknown, and was used for altar decorations. The panels were done in tempera with figures in light colors upon gold grounds. The spirituality of the age with a mingling of northern sentiment appeared in the figure. This figure was at times graceful, and again awkward and archaic, according to the place of production and the influence of either France or Italy. The oldest panels extant are from the V. Church at Soest. now in the Berlin Museum. They do not date before the 13th century. 14th and 15th centuries, in the 14th century the influence of France began to show strongly in willowy figures, long flowing draperies, and sentimental poses. The artists along the Rhine showed this more than those in the provinces to the east, where a ruder of freer art appeared. The best panel painting of the time was done at Cologne where we meet with the name of the first painter, Meister Wilhelm, and where a school was established usually known as the School of Cologne, this school probably got its sentimental inclination, showman's in light forms and tender expression, from France, but derived much of its technique from the Netherlands, Stephen Lautner, or Meister Stephen, fluid 1450 leaned toward the Flemish methods, and in his celebrated picture, the Madonna of the Rose Garden, in the Cologne Museum, there is an indication of the but there is also an individuality showing the growth of German independence in painting. The figures of his Dombild have little manliness or power, but considerable grace, pathos, and religious feeling. They are not abstract types but the spiritualized people of the country in native costumes, with much gold, jewelry, and armor. Gold was used instead of a landscape background, and the foreground was scattered with flowers and leaves. The outlines are rather hard, and none of the aerial perspective of the Flemings is given. After a time French sentiment was still further encroached upon by Flemish realism, as shown in the works of the Master of the Liversberg Passion Fluid about 1463-1480, to be seen in the Cologne Museum, Bohemian School, it was not on the lower Rhine alone that German painting was practised. The Bohemian School, located near Prague, flourished for a short time in the 14th century, under Charles Heidey with Theodoric of Prague fluid 1348-1378, Wernsor, and Kunz, as the chief masters, their art was quite the reverse of the Cologne painters, it was heavy, clumsy, bony, awkward, if more original it was less graceful, not so pathetic, not so religious, sentiment was slurred through a harsh attempt at realism, and the religious subject met with something of a check in the romantic medieval chivalric theme. Painted quite as often on the castle wall as the scriptural theme on the church wall, after the close of the 14th century, wall painting began to die out in favor of panel pictures. Nuremberg school, halfway between the sentiment of Cologne and the realism of Prague, stood the early school of Nuremberg, with no known painter at its head. Its chief work, the both Altarpiece, shows, however, that the Nuremberg masters of the early and middle 15th century were between Eastern and Western influences. They inclined to the graceful swaying figure, following more the sculpture of the time than the Cologne type. 15th and 16th centuries, German art, if begun in the 14th century, hardly showed any depth or breadth until the 15th century, and no real individual strength until the 16th century. It lacked behind the other countries of Europe and produced the cramped archaic altarpiece. Then when printing was invented the painter-engraver came into existence. He was a man who painted panels but found his largest audience through the circulation of engravings. The two kinds of arts being produced by the one man led to much detailed line work with the brush. Engraving is an influence to be borne in mind in examining the painting of this period. At Farencio and I school, Nuremberg was the center of this school, and its most famous early master was but 1434-1519, though Plydenwerf is the first-named painter. After the latter's death but married his widow and became the head of the school. His paintings were chiefly altar pieces, in which the figures were rather lank and narrow-shouldered, with sharp outlines, indicative perhaps of the influence of wood engraving, in which he was much interested. There was, however, in his work an advance in characterization, nobility of expression, and quiet dignity, and it was his good fortune to be the master of one of the most thoroughly original painters of all the German schools Albrecht Dürer 1471-1528. With Dürer and Holbein German art reached its apogee in the first half of the 16th century. Yet their work was not different in spirit from that of their predecessors. Painting simply developed and became forceful and expressive technically without abandoning its early character. There is in Dürer a naive awkwardness of figure, some angularity of line, strain of pose, and in composition oftentimes headling and overloading of the scene with details. There is not that largeness which seemed native to his Italian contemporaries he was hampered by that German exactness, which found its best expression in engraving, and which, though unsuited to painting, nevertheless crept into it. Within these limitations Dürer produced the typical art of Germany in the Renaissance time an art more attractive for the charm and beauty of its parts than for its unity, or its general impression. Dürer was a traveled man, visited Italy and the Netherlands, and, though he always remained a German in art, Yet he picked up some Italian methods from Bellini and Mantegna that are faintly apparent in some of his works. In subject, he was almost exclusively religious, painting the altarpiece with infinite care upon wooden panel, canvas, or parchment. He never worked in fresco, preferring oil and tempera. In drawing, he was often harsh and faulty. In draperies, cramped at times, and then again, as in the apostle panels at Munich, very broad and effective many of his pictures show a hard, dry brush, and a few, again, are so free and mellow that they look as though done by another hand. He was usually minute in detail, especially in such features as hair, cloth, flesh. His portraits were an even and not his best productions. He was too close a scrutinizer of the part and not enough of an observer of the whole for good portraiture. Indeed, that is the criticism to be made upon all his work. He was an exquisite realist of certain features but not always of the ensemble. Nevertheless he holds first rank in the German art of the Renaissance, not only on account of his technical ability, but also because of his imagination, sincerity, and striking originality. Dürer's influence was widespread throughout Germany, especially in engraving, of which he was a master, in painting Schiophil in 1490, 1540, was probably his apprentice and in his work followed the master so closely that many of his works have been attributed to Duer. This is true in measure of Hans Baldung 1476, 1552. Hans von Kalmbach, 1522 was a painter of more than ordinary importance, brilliant in coloring, a follower of Duer, who was inclined toward Italian methods, an inclination that afterward developed all through German art, Following Dürer's formulas came a large number of so-called little masters from the size of their engraved plates, who were more engravers than painters. Among the more important of those who were painters as well as engravers were Altdorfer 1480-1538, a rival rather than an imitator of Dürer, Barthel Behem 150-1540, Sybil Behim 1500-1550, Pench 1500-1550, Aldegreffer 150-1558, and Bink 1490, 1569. SWAbia in school, this school includes a number of painters who were located at different places, like Colmar and Irm, and later on it included the Holbeins at Augsburg, who were really the consummation of the school. In the 15th century one of the early leaders was Martin Skinbauer 1446, 1488, at Colmar, he is supposed to have been a pupil of Roger van der Weyden, of the Flemish school. And is better known by his engravings than his paintings, none of the latter being positively authenticated. He was thoroughly German in his type and treatment, though, perhaps, indebted to the Flemings for his coloring. There was some angularity in his figures and draperies, and a tendency to get nearer nature and further away from the ecclesiastical and ascetic conception in all that he did. That a local school came into existence with Zblom Fluid 1484 1517 who was probably a pupil of Scotland. He had neither Schengauer's force nor his fancy, but was a simple, straightforward painter of one rather strong type. His drawing was not good, except in the draperies, but he was quite remarkable for the solidity and substance of his painting, considering the age he lived in was given to hard, thin brushwork. Schaffner Fluid fifteen hundred 1500, fifteen thirty five, 1535 was another old painter, a junior to Zitblom, of whom little is known, save from a few pictures graceful and free in composition. A recently discovered man, Bernard Strigel 1461, 1528, seems to have been excellent in portraiture. At Augsburg there was still another school, which came into prominence in the 16th century with Bertmere and the Holbein's. It was only a part of the Swabian school, a concentration of artistic force about Augsburg, which, toward the close of the 15th century, had come into competition with Nuremberg, and rather outranked it in splendor. It was at Augsburg that the Renaissance art in Germany showed in more restful composition, less angularity, better modeling and painting, and more sense of the ensemble of a picture. Hans Bertmer 1473-1531 was the founder of the school, a pupil of Schengauer, later influenced by Dürer, and finally showing the influence of Italian art. He was not, like Dürer, a religious painter, though doing religious subjects, he was more concerned with worldly appearance, of which he had a large knowledge, as may be seen from his illustrations for engraving, as a painter he was a rather fine colorist, indulging in the fantastic of architecture but with good taste, crude in drawing but forceful, and at times giving excellent effects of motion, he was rounder, fuller, calmer in composition and doer, but never so strong an artist, next to Bertmere comes the celebrated Holbein family, there were four of them all told, but only two of them, Hans the Elder and Hans the Younger, need be mentioned, Holbein the Elder 1460, 1524, after Bertmeer, was the best painter of his time and school without being in himself a great artist, Schengauer was at first his guide, though he soon submitted to some Flemish and Cologne influence, and later on followed Italian form and method in composition to some extent, he was a good draftsman and very clever at catching realistic points of physiognomy a gift he left his son Hans, in addition he had some feeling for architecture and ornament, and in handling was a bit hard, and oftentimes careless, the best half of his life fell in the latter part of the 15th century, and he never achieved the free painter's quality of his son, Hans Holbein the younger 1497-1543 holds, with Dürer, the high place in German art, he was a more mature painter than Dürer, coming as he did a quarter of a century later. He was the Renaissance artist of Germany. Whereas Dewar always had a little of the Gothic clinging to him, the two men were widely different in their points of view and in their work. Dewar was an idealist seeking after a type, a religious painter, a painter of panels with the spirit of an engraver. Holbein was emphatically a realist finding material in the actual life about him, a designer of cartoons and large wall paintings in something of the Italian spirit. A man who painted religious themes but with little spiritual significance, it is probable that he got his first instruction from his father and from Bert Mare. He was an infant prodigy, developed early, saw much foreign art, and showed a number of tendencies in his work. In composition and drawing he appeared at times to be following Mantegna and the Northern Italians, in brushwork he resembled the Flemings, especially Massais, yet he was never an imitator of either Italian or Flemish painting. Decidedly a self-sufficient and an observing man, he travelled in Italy and the Netherlands, and spent much of his life in England, where he met with great success at court as a portrait painter, from seeing much he assimilated much, yet always remained German, changing his style but little as he grew older, his wall paintings have perished, but the drawings from them are preserved and show him as an artist of much invention, he is now known chiefly by his portraits, of which there are many of great excellence his facility in grasping physiognomy and realizing character, the quiet dignity of his composition, his firm modeling, clear outline, harmonious coloring, excellent detail, and easy solid painting, all place him in the front rank of great painters. That he was not always bound down to a literal facts may be seen in his many designs for wood engravings. His portrait of Hubert Morit, in the Dresden Gallery, shows his art to advantage and there are many portraits by him of great spirit in England, in the Louvre, and elsewhere. Saxon School, Lucas Cronoth 1472 1553 was a Franconian master, who settled in Saxony and was successively court painter to three electors and the leader of a small local school there. He, perhaps, studied under Grünewald, but was so positive a character that he showed no strong school influence. His work was fantastic, odd in conception and execution sometimes ludicrous, and always archaic looking, his type was rather strained in proportions, not always well drawn, but graceful even when not truthful, this type was carried into all his works, and finally became a mannerism with him, in subject he was religious, mythological, romantic, pastoral, with a preference for the nude figure, in coloring he was at first golden, then brown, and finally cold and somber. The lack of aerial perspective and shadow essays gave his work a queer look, and he was never much of a brushman. His pictures were typical of the time and country, and for that and for their strong individuality they are ranked among the most interesting paintings of the German school. Perhaps his most satisfactory works are his portraits. Lucas Cranach the Younger 1515-1586 was the best of the elder Cranach's pupils. Many of his pictures are attributed to his father. He followed the elder closely but was a weaker man, with a smoother brush and a more rosy color. Though there were many pupils the school did not go beyond the Kronach family. It began with the father and died with the son. 17th and 18th centuries, these were in relieved centuries of decline in German painting. After Dürer, Holbein, and Kronach had passed there came about a senseless imitation of Italy, combined with an equally senseless imitation of detail in nature that produced nothing worthy of the name of original or genuine art. It is not probable that the Reformation had any more to do with this than with the decline in Italy. It was a period of barrenness in both countries. The Italian imitators in Germany were chiefly Rodenheimer 1564-1623, and Elgheimer 1574-1620. After them came the representative of the other extreme in Denner 1685-1749, who thought to be great in portraiture by the minute imitation of hair, freckles and three days old beard a petty and inworthy realism which excited some curiosity but never held rank as art men's 1728 1779 sought for the sublime through eclecticism but never reached it his work though academic and correct is lacking in spirit and originality angelica Kaufman 1741 1807 succeeded in pleasing her in artistic age with the simply pretty while Carsten's 1754-1798 was a conscientious if mistaken student of the great Italians a man of some severity in form and of academic inclinations. 19th century, in the first part of the century there started in Germany a so-called revival of art, led by Overbeck 1789-1869, Cornelius 1783-1867, Veit 1793-1877, and Scaddo 1789-1862 but like many another revival of art it did not amount to much. The attempt to revive the past is usually a failure. The forms are caught, but the spirit is lost. The 19th century attempt in Germany was brought about by the study of monumental painting in Italy, and the taking up of the religious spirit in a pre-Raphaelite manner. Something also of German Romanticism was its inspiration. Overbeck remained in Rome, but the others, after some time in Italy, returned to Germany, diffused their teaching and Rioli formed a new epic in German painting, a modern art began with ambitions and subjects entirely disproportionate to its skill, the monumental, the ideal, the classic, the exalted, were spread over enormous spaces, but there was no reason for such work in the contemporary German life, and nothing to warrant its appearance save that its better had appeared in Italy during the Renaissance. Cornelius after his return became the head of the Munich School and painted pictures of the heroes of the classic and the Christian world upon a large scale. Nothing but their size and good intention ever brought them into notice, for their form and coloring were both commonplace. Schnorr 1794 1872 followed in the same style with the Nibelung and Lied, Charlemagne, and Barbarossa for subjects. Kauldach 1805 1874 was a pupil of Cornelius and had some ability but little taste, and not enough originality to produce great art. Piloty 1826-1886 was more realistic, more of a painter and ranks as one of the best of the early Munich masters. After him Munich art became genre-like in subject, with greater attention given to truthful representation in light, color, texture. Today there are a large number of painters in the school who are remarkable for realistic detail. Düsseldorf After 1826 this school came into prominence under the guidance of Scaddo. it did not fancy monumental painting so much as the common easel picture, with the sentimental, the dramatic, or the romantic subject, it was no better in either form or color than the Munich school, in fact not so good, though there were painters who emanated from it who had ability, that Berlin the inclination was to follow the methods and ideas held at Düsseldorf, The whole academic tendency of modern painting in Germany and Austria for the past fifty years has not been favorable to the best kind of pictorial art. There is a disposition on the part of artists to tell stories, to encroach upon the sentiment of literature, to paint with a dry brush in harsh and sympathetic colors, to ignore relations of light and shade, and to slur beauties of form. The subject seems to count for more than the truth of representation, or the individuality of view. From time to time artists of much ability had appeared, but these form an exception rather than a rule. The men do date who are the great artists of Germany are less followers of the German tradition than individuals each working in a style peculiar to himself. A few only of them call for mention. Menzel 1815-1905 is easily first. A painter of group pictures, a good colorist, and a powerful pen and ink draftsman, Lendock 1836-1904 a forceful portraitist, Oud 1848, a portrayer of scriptural sin.